0: Happy Mother's Day. We, we just want to tell you how grateful we are for, for all of the moms here. And um, if you're here with your, your mom or maybe the mother of your children, will you just turn to them and tell them thanks this morning? So thanks, Mom. And I want to pray for our moms before we dive into our message. So, Father, we're just so grateful that, that by your design, you have created mothers that uh, somehow can walk through so many things that are so difficult and, and yet stand faithful to you. And so, God, we pray that this day would be a blessing for all the moms, all the moms who will be moms one day, all those who long to be mothers but, but maybe aren't at this point. But God, we just ask that in your infinite wisdom, that you would provide whatever it is each woman in this room needs, whether it's comfort, encouragement, just a, a sense of peace or longing for you or love, whatever it may be, God, let, let every woman in this room know that you are standing with them and holding them close. And we ask all that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So do me a favor and stand up with me. We're going to look at Exodus 2, 1 through 10. Um, and and So that might seem like an odd choice for Mother's Day, but hopefully as we walk through it, it'll make a little more sense. And so in, in verse 1, it starts out, it says this, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months." When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it in bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. I'm completely sorry, I lost my place. Uh, There we go. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. While her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. She took pity on, uh, when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. So you can have a seat. Um, Personally, here's what I think. I think that motherhood is one of, if not the most intense roles any person can take on. And notice I said it's a role, not a job. Because a job is about performing tasks, it has a beginning and an end. A role though is something you do that demands that you bring your identity into it. Think of an actor playing a role. Who the actor is always shows up in the role that they play. And no two actors would play the same role the same way because they are at the core different people. Think about this for one second. I saw an article the other day that said that um, Tom Selleck was originally approached to play Indiana Jones, but he was under contract with Magnum P.I., so he couldn't play that role. So they got Harrison Ford. Now think about that. Can any of us envision Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones? I can't. I just can't see it. But that's what happens, is our identity comes into a role. So motherhood is a role, but it isn't a role you simply play. It's a role you live. And it's a role that transforms and changes you. And it's an intense role. And it's filled with joy and pain and sorrow and elation and angst and peace and hope and even despair at times. It certainly is not a role for the faint of heart. The other difficulty with motherhood is that it's a role that no one is equipped to fulfill when they take it on. You learn to live into the role of motherhood as you live into the role of motherhood. Which means that every mother experiences doubt and uncertainty at times. And every mother questions their ability and they challenge their own decisions. And I think every mother worries that what they offer their children is more shortcomings than blessings. So moms, can I just say to you that you're seeing here We see you. The temple is not a place where you have to walk with all of that angst and all of those questions alone. Just what you saw in our child dedication. Our intention is to come alongside, walk with you in raising children. And we're in it for the long haul with you. We want to be part of your lives with your children in faith as you raise them and grow them. And so in an effort to support all of our moms today, I want to offer you what I think is possibly the most foundational truth of God that you can lean the full weight of motherhood on. And it's the truth from Isaiah 54, 13. Listen to this. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. So in practical terms, what this means is that when you commit, your role of motherhood to God and commit your children to God. He is the one teaching them and they will experience great peace. That's the promise. and You can trust it and you can practice it. Now I know that some of you are watching your children endure seasons that don't look anything like peace. And some of you are watching your children live in mistakes and it seems like they're not learning anything. Anybody ever been there as a child? Same mistakes over and over again. And I know our mothers watch that and go, you've got to figure it out. You've got to learn something here. And can I just say to you, if you're one of those mothers who's watching your kids walk through maybe a dark season or struggle with mistakes, that it's not over yet. It's just not over yet. And it won't be over until we're all standing in eternity face to face with God. And only then are you going to know the ultimate outcome. The story's already written, but we haven't read the last chapter. And so, our part, your part, as a mother, is to live a life of quiet faithfulness. Regardless of the season, regardless of the struggle, regardless of what's happening Now, today, in this season, in your face, your part as a mother is to live a life of quiet faithfulness. And now here's the thing. The quiet is a product of trust. Listen to this in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. The faithfulness is a product of assurance. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that are not seen. And so in our verses from Exodus 2 today, we see an example of the quiet faithfulness of a mother. A quiet faithfulness that's a product of trust and assurance. And her name is Jochebed, the mother of Moses. She's not named in Exodus 2. You've got to go all the way to Exodus 6 to even find her name. But I want to give you some context of Exodus 2. Exodus 2 takes place when the pharaoh of Egypt has decided that the Hebrews are just getting too numerous. So he's got them as slaves, but they're becoming too many. So he passes a decree that all male Hebrew children should be killed at birth. And so Jochebed gives birth to this beautiful baby boy and places him in the Nile to be found by Pharaoh's daughter. Just hoping. Hoping the way a mother hopes in a hopeless situation that her son would be raised as Pharaoh's daughter's own child. And that's exactly what happens. And so Jochebed, as a quietly faithful mother, has orchestrated these circumstances. She's put her daughter there when Moses is discovered so that her daughter can go to Pharaoh's daughter and say, look, It looks like you need somebody to to nurse this Hebrew baby. Uh, You want me to go find a Hebrew woman? Sure, go find the Hebrew woman. And so her daughter goes to her mother, Moses' mother, and says, come back, Pharaoh's daughter is going to keep this baby. And so that's an overview of these verses in Exodus 2. And I want to try to do three things this morning. First, I want to help all of our mothers regardless of the season of life that you're in or the burden that you carry. I want to help you by inspiring you in your circumstances through the quiet faithfulness of Jochebed. Second, I want to show you an example of the outcome of a mother's quiet faithfulness by briefly looking at Moses, the son of his mother. And finally, I want to invite all of us who are not mothers, to pursue quiet faithfulness as the best approach to both life and God in all of our circumstances. So first, let's look at the quiet faithfulness of Jochebed. Her first example is handing her son over to a stranger. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for a mother. Even if she believed that this would ensure her son's survival, she still had no assurance that Pharaoh's daughter wouldn't kill the baby Moses. Moses. In verse 7, it tells us that Pharaoh's daughter recognized that this child was a Hebrew. And her very father is the one who made the decree that all Hebrew males should be put to death. So I think Jochebed had a tremendous faith in God that led to an assurance that God was for her and her son and her people. That she could trust God that he would work for the good of his people and her son, even to the point of using a person who didn't know God or acknowledge him, Pharaoh's daughter. And so listen to this in Hebrews eleven twenty-three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. It was the faith of Jochebed that hid Moses by putting him in the river. And here's the point for you mothers. To be a mother of quiet faithfulness, you must grow your faith in God. Jochebed's faith in God is what started Moses on this path. And your faith as a mother is a lifelong process that you have to attend to Day after day, until finally those words of Horatio Spofford who wrote the old hymn, It's Well With My Soul, come true and our faith becomes sight. But until that day, we have to grow our own faith. You as mothers have to grow your own faith. Your faith as a mother is like an oxygen mask on an airplane. You've got to put yours on first before you try to put your child's on. And if you don't put yours on, you will not be in a position to put that mask on your child. But that's not where Jochebed's quiet faithfulness ended. She became the wet nurse to her own son in quiet faithfulness. Mothers, can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine you're caring for your child that you carried and you birthed and you're watching your child acknowledge someone else as their mother? but you could never acknowledge them as your own child. I wonder what level of pain Jochebed lived in those years, seeing her son, caring for him, watching him, but only being able to acknowledge him as the son of another woman. I know that in a room this size, there's probably mothers who've experienced that to some degree or another. Can I just offer some slight comfort to those mothers? I guess all mothers really, by showing you how I think Jochebed was able to live this harsh reality as a mother, it goes back to Psalm 127.3 that we talked about in our child dedication. And that psalm reminds us that children are a heritage from the Lord. They are His entrusted to us to steward as parents. Our children are in God's hands long before they leave the house as adults. But yet we tend to think, oh, they're 18, they're going off to university, they're going to get a job, they're moving out. Well, we just got to trust them to the Lord. Can I just suggest that that should be day one, leaving the hospital? Not the day they're leaving the house. And here's why. To be a mother of quiet faithfulness, you must entrust your children to God. You have to. If you can't entrust your children to God, you will not find that quiet faithfulness. And I want to show you an example of an outcome of a mother's quiet faithfulness. Look at Hebrews eleven twenty four. 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So in verse 23, by faith, Jochebed hides Moses. In verse 24, by faith, Moses himself refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now here's the question. Where did Moses get that faith from? He wasn't raised in a God-fearing home by God-fearing parents. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh's daughter. He was actually raised in a house that told him his grandfather was God. And yet somehow, by faith, he stepped out as an adult. I think it was the quiet faithfulness of Jochebed. In those few years that she was there nursing and caring for her son, she instilled her faith in him, but not even as a mother, as a nurse. And here's what you need to know. A mother's quiet faithfulness instills something in a child that can never be taken away. And if we look at Hebrews eleven twenty three 23 and 24, it's easy to miss this big gap that's hidden between these two verses, that's hidden between this baby hidden in a river and this man refusing to be seen as Pharaoh's daughter's son. Here's what happened. A lot of stuff happened in that gap. Here's some of it. Moses killed a man. He was rejected by his own people. He went off and hid in the wilderness. He argued with God when God called him and said, I don't want to do it. He had issues of temper and pride and fear. Yet somehow the quiet faithfulness of his mother remained in him. And so can I just say, if you're a mother and your children have walked out into the adult world and maybe they're struggling out there, that what you instilled in them is still there. If your children are walking in darkness and you don't see them walking in faith, don't stop your quiet faithfulness. It is still at work in them. The present circumstances aren't necessarily the eternal result. One day, you may experience an outcome that looks nothing like this present situation. And you may find peace and joy. See, here's another lesson we can learn from Jochebed in the gap between Hebrews 11.23 and 11.24. The quiet faithfulness of a mother endures even when it looks hopeless. And so finally, I want to invite all of us Mothers are not in the living lives of quiet faithfulness. Look at verse 26 in Hebrews 11. He, and this is Moses, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking for the reward. And you might be thinking, wait, I thought Moses lived like 1,300 years before Jesus. How did Moses consider anything about Jesus? Well, it's simple really. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's before all things and he's in all things and all things are for him. Jesus is seen throughout the Old Testament and he's manifested in the New Testament. And Moses, knowing that God had promised to redeem and save his people, was well acquainted with the Messiah, the Christ. Even if he didn't know the man, Jesus. See, Moses had a trust and assurance that was rooted in the faith of his ancestors, that was instilled in him through his mother, Jochebed, that was nurtured in his private heart by God, that allowed him to live as if what was promised, a redeeming Christ, was already accomplished. In that sense, we're all in the same spot as Moses, right? Right? living into what's been promised as if it's already been done. And so a life of quiet faithfulness is available to every one of us, whether we're a mother or not, if we will just trust God and live in his assurance. And see, that happens for you and for me the same way it happened for Moses, by seeing in Jesus a greater wealth than this world, than this Egypt can offer us. And so here's what all that means. Whether you're a mother or not, you can seek to live a life of quiet faithfulness by first intentionally growing in your faith, your own faith, not the faith of your parents, not the faith of your friends, your own faith. And you can grow in that faith as a lifelong calling, not just a one-time decision. And you live by quiet faithfulness when you entrust your life to God. And you live in the calm that comes from trust and assurance. The quiet that comes with that. The stillness and the hope that comes with that. And then you endure in your faith. You just don't give up. When ways and trials come and you press into God more and more deeply, not into the chaos, not into the what-ifs, not into what feels like loss, or confusion, you press into God. Not into your own strength or your own plans, you press into God with quiet faithfulness. This is, I know you've promised it, so I'm gonna act as if it's been achieved. You know, before I close this morning, I wanna invite you into a practice to engage in this week. And it probably is one of the simplest things anybody could ask you to do. I want to invite you into the practice of encouraging a mom. It's probably best to start with your own mom. And then maybe your wife, the mother of your children. But I want you to look around this room. There are many moms in this room who are doubting themselves. Who walk through life with the what ifs who have children who have walked away from the faith that they value deeply. And they don't know what's coming next. And they need just a moment of, hey, you've got this. I see your quiet faithfulness in other areas. Press that into raising your children. Bring that forward to those who you think are wandering away. It only takes a second. To look at a mother who might be in a moment of struggle, who might be in a moment of grief over her own children, who might be in a moment of confusion, because this is a role that you're not equipped for when you take it. This is a role you learn by taking the role. And so every mother needs somebody sometimes to go, hey, you know what, you got it, you're all right. Just keep walking, just keep going. Now, I was on a flight, coming back from Colorado a few weeks ago, and there was this mom that came rushing into the gate. She had two kids, the big giant double stroller. She was late getting to the gate. The flight was already boarding. She was by herself. The ticket agent looks at her and says, hey, this plane is almost full. You can't take that stroller on. You're gonna have to gate check it. First thought that went through my head is, oh my goodness, how is she gonna get two kids off the plane into baggage claim to pick up her stroller? And she was frustrated because she knew that without that stroller, she didn't have enough hands. She, she she had backpacks and luggage and carry-on bags and snacks and toys and all this stuff. She's got this toddler. She's got this infant. And so she finally gets on the plane, and I, and I get on, and I sit down, and she's sitting the aisle behind me, right or across the aisle in the row behind me. The flight was rough for her, man. She was just, like, struggling and Kids were getting upset, and, and, you know, she was working hard. And then she was getting off the plane, and you could just see the struggle in her face. And I thought to myself, I said, you know what, I need to tell her that she's Wonder Woman. That she's doing awesome. And I looked at her as she stood up to get off the plane, and I kind of smiled. And then I said absolutely nothing. I felt awkward I was like, how is she gonna perceive this? All these things. In that moment, my sensibility about how I might be perceived was more important than encouraging her. And I wish I'd said something, I do. Because she was struggling, man. And I know she thought everybody on that plane was looking at her and judging her and asking her, thinking to themselves, why don't you make those kids be quiet and get them to settle down? Can I just invite you over this next week? Don't be like me. Just don't be like me. When you see a mom who's, who's you know she's wrestling with stuff and she's struggling and, and it, it, it may be a mom of young children. It may be a mom who you know is wrestling with the walk of faith that her kids are taking. Or the walk from faith, maybe. Maybe you just know there's some darkness there. Maybe you know that she's got this cloud over her about her children. Would you just encourage her? Would you just pray for her? And so that's the practice I want to invite you into this week. I want us all to commit to that. To look at a mom and go, you know what, I see your quiet faithfulness. I see it. Don't give up. Let it endure. You're instilling something in your children. And just let that be a word from God's Spirit through you to them that says, yes, I can take another step, even when I don't feel like walking anymore. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much just that you've designed us to need mothers. That You've designed us to be able to experience you through mothers, through the the divine attributes of a mother of yourself that you put in a mother. And so God, we pray that love and compassion and, and gentleness and kindness become traits that we all cherish and admire. But also God, I pray that you open our eyes as we walk through the world this week, whether it's a mom in a store or a mom that we see at school or at a sporting event or, or just a mom that we see who we know is struggling. You just encourage us to, to reach out to encourage them to keep walking, to pray for them as they seek you. And Father, I just ask that quiet faithfulness becomes something that marks all of us as yours, that we live in this quiet faithfulness, that we have trust and assurance that allows us to stand in you no matter what this world may bring. And we ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen.